0: Welcome back, Brian! Another episode of Bootstrap Web. It's been a minute. It has. I, I was just looking at uh, when the last episode
1: was. I think it was like over six weeks ago. So oh, is that right? This was Jeez. quite a, a little break we had, but
0: uh, yeah, yeah, it wasn't uh, wasn't planned. You know, we've, we we <laughs> figured the end of, end of the summer was going to be messy and this and that. And um, yeah, we yeah.
1: always have like kind of like the checkerboard of of trips. Like I had some trips, and then you had some
0: trips on different weeks, and. Yeah. yeah I uh, had I had a few weeks in a row that I was uh out of office on Friday um yeah and I was uh I was also in a in a difficult spot personally over the last few weeks I just mm-hmm. want to say a, a few words on this uh um if anyone doesn't know who listens I I was born in Israel uh, I'm Jewish uh, my birth name is Hanoch Gal. Uh, I was born on a kibbutz in Israel um and what happened a few weeks ago was pretty devastating for me. Uh, very difficult. Uh, a lot of anger. And I have a ton of family there. About 40 first cousins. And I have aunts and uncles. And I'm in touch with all of them. And it is very, very difficult situation over there right now. And uh, I am 100% behind Israel. And I am very grateful uh, for this country and to be a dual citizen with America um yeah, yeah man. it's uh it, it is
1: some pretty tough times around all around the world at this point um but yeah the, the last several weeks of what's what's happening over there has just been devastating and uh man you know th- thanks for sharing that obviously it does uh it does hit a lot closer to home for you um i didn't know until we were talking today that you you had so many uh relatives
0: there and and like actively in you know some in the military and everything so yeah. Um, yeah. I have a big, big family on, on both sides and a lot of first cousins. And I've, you know, been there maybe a dozen times or so over the last 10 years. Uh so I'm close with them. And, you know, I I have that bit of like survivor's guilt and gratitude at the same time because my life in general has been much easier and freer here to pursue the things that I want to pursue. Uh and the credit for that goes to my parents who made you know the big leap that a lot of people make toward America. Um, yeah. So that is you, not when lost did you, uh, on me.
1: You were born there. When did you come over? In
0: 1986, so I was six years old. Okay. And my family moved to New York to Long Island, and everyone thought my dad was crazy. And and you know my my dad and mom they they came here for opportunity, but they felt uh, they felt like. They didn't like where things were going in Israel. and My dad was in the army and he had a pretty bad experience in the Lebanon war uh, in the interaction between him leading his men and the politicians uh, and their goals. And that really kind of like soured him on on things. And that's when it kind of opened up his mind on, hey, maybe America is the spot, along with all the opportunity and everything for my kids. So. Yeah, so that's why we're here, and my cousins are there, and you know, my well, it's been a relatively strange experience for me to walk around, you know, this beautiful, peaceful, quiet suburb. Um, unfortunately, as we've all seen, the uh, conflict is uh, regional, but in ideology, it's global. Uh, so we've yep. all been pretty disturbed by things we've seen here in the U.S., and that is, uh, you know, that's disappointing uh, for sure
1: yeah for sure i mean it's like uh if if the atrocities and and of these events aren't bad enough then you just have uh just frankly so much extra bullshit layered on top of it especially coming from from this part of the world um but you know i mean um uh i mean what what more can you say it's like uh you know i I did I i did feel i did feel kind of proud as an american knowing knowing that our president came right out and and really kind of doubled down on, on our support for Israel, um, pretty, yep.
0: pretty forcefully. And, uh, yeah, straightforward, no equivocation. That was yeah, fantastic
1: was mes- message to the world. This is where we stand. So that's that, you know?
0: Yeah. And that's, um, you know, that's kind of how, how I see things, um, relatively straightforward, even if it's complex, uh, some things are not complex. Uh, but I, I have found myself very, uh, unwilling to talk about it publicly on social media i know i appreciate what a lot of people are doing and you know bring it up and speaking loudly and kind of fighting on twitter and all that i have found myself kind of going very personal uh in my grief and anger and yeah so i i you know and then at the same it's it's like this this irony i had this whole plan to start talking about the business and, and trying to drive leads and all that, you know, I had like in mind, like I had this yeah. whole plan on what I'm going to do on LinkedIn. Uh-huh. And then it happened that weekend. And I was like, I can't even, I can't even talk about the business in, in my day to day. let would just operate normally, degree. let
1: alone do a public thing. Right. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. No. Yeah. I mean, yes, uh, but- it, 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 there, there is always that tension for us, especially for folks in our industry and, and, because we are all on social media, and it and it is part of our. I don't know, just like it. the The tension is like how how do you operate normally in public when when these big, terrible world events are happening, and and mm-hmm. I feel like this has happened more often in the last couple of years. This, this was one of them. It's like, how how do I act normal? Do should I be normally normal? Yeah, what's or, appropriate? What's yeah, not? Should I have my normal day to day? tweets and whatnot about about code or or silly jokes or this or that or
0: right um, right and and some of it felt some of it felt you know like a day later and people are talking about like this new feature they're releasing Uh, that felt pretty tone deaf Mm -hmm. Uh, but now all of us are starting to get into a place where we have to control the information consumption yeah you know and how much attention to pay it feels irresponsible not to pay attention and at the same time, feels irresponsible to pay so much attention that it's like screwing up your life and your family. The first few weeks, I feel like you know, understandably,
1: yeah, it sucks. And, and all the, the media
0: from my from my house, you yeah. know, entire. Yeah,
1: you know, and and I, th- but I also there's there's just the reality, uh, rightly or wrongly, that so many people are actually tuned out. Like people, even if they're even if they do follow the news, they still tune themselves out um on a day-to-day basis and like just one one example of that just the other day I I didn't even catch it when it happened live but the but President Biden did an Oval Office address I think in the in the days after um yes uh calling for funding for for support for Israel right yeah and I didn't know that that happened I only found out about it a few days after after it happened right probably, we don't the, watch the TV in that way yeah but if this were like right. the 90s or the 80s, an Oval Office address. I mean, ninety percent of the country lives. would be tuned in watching yes. it live.
0: Yes. You know, and now i you're... and
1: I was just thinking, like, there's there's a legit chance that like less than twenty percent of the country even knew
0: that it happened, let alone seen it, you know. Yeah, yeah. It is a, uh, you know, it's understandable that uh I'm gonna pay a lot more attention than other people, the same way. Uh, a Ukrainian immigrant family is going to pay attention a lot more closely to what's happening there. Mm -hmm. Uh, So it's, it's almost like a, an important right to be able to just tune out and live your own life. You know, I respect that. Uh, It's just not possible uh, on, on this one for me. (laughs) Yeah. Yep. Well, uh, let's do the
1: awkward transition into a regular business life here.
0: You know, the awkward transition (laughs) is kind of what it's been for everyone. Because ever, yeah, everyone's working at their personal yeah. life and then you kind of sit down at, at the desk during the day and you say, okay, I do I do have to carry on and move forward and yeah. do do my work and not get lost. You know, I definitely had a few days where I was like, I just am not going to do work because I can. I'm not even going to feel guilty about it, obviously. Mm-hmm. But we're a few weeks in now and uh, we have responsibilities. Yep. Uh, I know for me, it's kind of – I've like blended it in into my justification on I don't have a lot of power. You know what brings me more power to do more good money let's get let's get to freaking work let's do good work for people let's grow the team let's grow the business let's let's make money and that can lead to being able to do more things that you want to do you know beyond that
1: yeah well said brother all right so um i mean it has been about what six six weeks or so since we last recorded Yeah, yeah And I feel like it happened to th- this little break of ours happened to happen over a time when, in, at least in my mind, on the business front, uh, and this has not been super public yet, and, and I'm not going to get fully public about it mm-hmm. yet. But the but I feel like uh, I I've been going deep down the rabbit hole of planning and plotting and big picture thinking and you know i think it sort of kicked off when i came back from cabo press which i went to about four weeks ago uh amazing event put on by chris lemma and um you know down in cabo uh and this this was in the few days before before 10 7. so it was like I, I think i came home like that on the day before 10 7 or something like that um and um and it was just um fantastic time you know we're talking business we're in the pools we're at this amazing resort so it was a great break but i think it was coming back from that that I, that sort of kicked my mind into big it, it like pulled me out of the day-to-day uh heads down focused uh grinding work of of working on clarity, clarity flow you know full-time every day to okay where is this going and it brought me right back into running my spreadsheets of, of looking at the projections of like, okay, we, we are operating on a runway. Um, this is a, a slow, steady SaaS business that is at a certain level right now. And the question is, where are we going to, where is this level going to be six to 12 months from now? Because that is the runway timeframe. That's mm-hmm. just the hard reality of the business. Yep. And, and, and we have some, slow growth happening we've got several big projects happening as we always do both on the like growth projects some product projects some marketing investments people up working on different things all these things are happening i've been full-time focused on this business for the last th- this, this will be coming up on the end of three years on this business and every projection that i look at is like even if some of these growth projects tend to work they're probably not going to get us there fast enough like they need to do better than just work they we, we need to see more like something cl- closer to hockey stick growth in the, in the next four to six months if we're going to
0: reach profitability 10 to 12 months from now um yeah it's better to just look at those spreadsheets and look at it right in the eye and not you know just kind yeah. of hope for this and maybe if this like no man look at the yeah. math. Like there's a there's a
1: real case that we just plateau and some of these projects don't work. There's a good case that that we will see more of the same, which is like slow, like some some growth. Um, but the only case that actually gets us to where we would need to be financially to survive as a as a standalone business um has to be like way better than that. And that means every single metric is improving. Every single growth thing just clicks within the next three to five, six months, depends on the different projects it is. Um, but profitability looks like not only paying for the small team, but also paying for my minimum viable salary, if you will. And uh, and frankly, we're just not very close to that right now. Um, and so the the hard reality is what what I, what the hard reality of that is and i I think this is some i don't know what it was about coming like flying home that day from cabo press um it was i have been like heads down on doing everything i possibly can to to make our growth projects work um i have to start to question like what do i do if these don't Mm -hmm. (laughs) Um, what what are the actual options and um and it was sort i don't know what it was it was some some sort of like wake up call where it was like i can't just keep focusing on this business and get it, get to a point where we're like one or two months away from the runway uh you know running out because then then we're in like a desperate situation where i what would happen that's like literally the worst case scenario and we're looking right. at like you,
0: you restrict like, your
1: options and and, the, and you know that that point will be somewhere in the middle to to late 2024 where i would have to lay off the entire team you know, all the developers, all, my marketing assistant, all of them. And then I would also, not only would I then have to run the business solo, I would also have to immediately find consulting work or even resort to just getting a job um, while keep while trying to put, keep the lights on on clarity for myself. Like that is just an unsustainable worst case scenario, can't do it, right? No. Um, so my, so the logical thing is like, I have to act now and not, like act now while I still have room and runway to maneuver and be strategic and plan out and and take some steps slowly
0: and and all that. So, um, you know, I so, think, yeah. I think a majority of companies are doing all the exact same things, all the same things. Everyone is looking at all right. Let's not let's not rest on optimism and the best case scenario as our plan that that just does not seem like a good way to go about things not a responsible yeah. way to go about things
1: yeah um, cuz like the reality is is like i call it like 10 months of runway left like that's a that's a good chunk of time where where a lot of different things could happen in that time like we we could nail sure. it on some of these growth projects and we could and we could make it through and just become mm-hmm. profitable um but i i just can't bank on that and and i don't think it's wise to bank on that and i think by act by starting to act now and by now i mean like now and as we get into like the beginning of 2024 is one mm-hmm. um that's when i start to have to think about like what are the actual changes and what are my actual options um that i can think strategically and actually maneuver here so just like real quick I, i'll i'll be a little bit transparent about where my mindset is at. i'm not going to share much about what I'm actually going to be doing, I'll share more of that as the weeks come out ahead. You know, uh, as, as the weeks go on here. But first option is just do nothing, keep my head down, and just hope that for faster growth. Uh, I, I can't bank on that. Um, next option is just to raise raise more, find more investment. Um, again, I, I yeah. took a little bit of angel investment early on uh, from uh, Com Company Fund, and then the rest was self funded out of out of savings. It, that it has been that case for the last three years. Um, I don't love the idea of trying to find more investors a in this current investment market but there's also a different calculus that i have mentally i'm like okay i i do care about this business i see long-term value but i'm not i I don't think i'm ready to really commit to another extension of runway and and have Mm -hmm. that mindset again another option like people listening might be wondering like oh he's going to sell the business again like Definitely not. I, I'm definitely of the mindset of like, I do not want to sell anytime soon. I, I really believe that the Clarity Flow business has a lot of value. We've got a lot of great customers. I think the product is is great and we're only making it better. We're actually pretty close. We're, we're about to launch uh, Clarity Flow Commerce next month. Mm-hmm. Um, so I'm really excited and I want to keep the business and the product going with our small team and I want to keep working on it. Um, A lot of things I want to do on Clarity Flow, so a lot of what I'm thinking about for next year is like, how do I enable that to happen? How do I enable the the people to stay in place, the business to keep going long term in my portfolio? Um, You know, one other option that I I know a lot of founders do this from time to time is they just you know take some part time consulting work. Um, I'm a I'm a designer developer, so I could go you know seek some like product design dev work uh, with other companies. I don't love that idea because it obviously it, it it's just really time draining and energy draining on, on on my time. It's a good way to to make some like short-term income, short-term cash, um if if we needed it, but but it also takes me away from the business. Cause like if I'm doing consulting work, that's you know more or less a full-time thing. Yeah, um, more trade-off for time. So then then it's like I'm trading my time and I'm tra- and I'm I'm sacrificing my time that I could be putting into a, a business. um, So it's like the only benefit there is I'm, is I'm getting some, some cash value. Right. Straightforward. Like
0: short, short term. Yeah. You don't have the, to build anything b- before getting started. Yeah.
1: Yeah. The, the final option, and this is basically where I'm, where I'm heading is I'm calling it like quote unquote, like back to my roots. <laughs> um, and that is, uh, Uh, I'm going to get more into it as the next few weeks and months go on. Um, But all this really means is I need to get back to this like profit first mindset, you know, and in my career so far, I've been out out on my own uh, 15 years now as as an entrepreneur. And like the first 12 of those years, everything that I did was essentially profitable. Like Mm -hmm. it was self-funded, completely bootstrapped you know, I did have multiple things going on. Um, uh, but especially from the years like 2015 through 2021, I had, you know, audience ops and the productized course and a couple other random things, but those were profitable, self-sustaining businesses that funded my other ventures into SaaS products. And that was literally my, my thinking when I launched, uh, audience ops is like what's the what kind of business do i need to to sustain cash flow Mm
0: -hmm.
1: Um, i'm not saying i'm going to go build another audience ops uh, type business again um not not restarting those same businesses but um i need to get back to that sort of situation for myself where where Mm -hmm. i have a long-term profitable uh business venture that that is like basically like the core profit engine that can then help to that can self-sustain all these other investments in products. So like the, the idea is to like basically just reestablish my income and and build a valuable asset for the future um, that can then enable things like Clarity
0: Flow to to keep running, you know? Um, right, if it can allow you to not sell Clarity Flow exactly. and wait another two years, you know, like the, you can just get to a very different place.
1: Yeah, and in my mind, it's it, it would be far even far beyond two, two more years. Like I, I see a really long term right, lifespan for, for clarity flow.
0: Um, right. But uh, if it gets sustainable in two years, then all of a sudden you have, even you know, far more options. Yeah. Yeah. Um, yeah.
1: So, I mean, that's, that's sort of where my, my head is at. I, I have, I have some, some big ideas and some starting to shape up. I've been working a lot with a, with a coach lately and I've been, um, sharing, sharing some thoughts privately with a few folks. And, uh, starting to get some clarity on what this is all going to shape up and look like. I'll share more about that later, but um, yeah, that's, that, that's that been my, I, I, I'm still like, t- as of today, I'm still full-time focused on, on clarity flow, working on multiple projects right now. Uh, but in all the waking hours outside of working on these projects, I'm going down rabbit holes digging and, and going and planning and plotting and learning and, all that so that's I'm, been fun. I'm
0: not surprised to hear uh that the trip and the travel and cavo press and talking with other people and thinking about the business for a few days while traveling i feel like that usually results in these types of like business epiphanies strategies realizations coming to jesus moments like wake up whatever you want to call that uh it's often triggered by travel by changing your scenery and mindset and point of view yeah i'm not 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 surprised
1: yeah man and i get uh yeah definitely especially a trip like that where it's like it's both business i'm talking to a lot of really uh really awesome other founders and we're in pools and we're holding drinks and we're in this beautiful resort uh it, it was uh that, that was a really good getaway um but i would say like the the one thing that i'm pretty excited about right now is that this whole mindset and strategic uh shift and everything happened this month in October of 2023 uh because I wasn't planning on it. I wasn't saying like October is going to be the month that okay. I that I decide on what what the long term future is going to hold. But somehow I knocked myself into it and I'm I'm glad that that happened now and not 6 to 8 months from now because I because that's what's exciting to me is like now I have space to start to Take strategic steps in this direction, mm-hmm. um, without feeling a sense of
0: urgency. Uh, yeah, you know. well, good for you for acting early. Um, we have we have undergone a lot of similar thinking. We have been looking at, you know, what our plans look like and what's optimistic, pessimistic, realistic. What's runway look like? What's our ability to raise more money? And we we've made some shifts also over the last few weeks. Yeah, uh, what can you we tell did. Us? We we shifted resources. I think is the most accurate way to say it. Mm-hmm. Um, we did a riff. We did a reduction in force, and we let go several people on the same day. First time I've ever done that. Uh, it was really difficult and we didn't take it lightly and we tried our best to plan it out in such a way that respected the people that were directly impacted and respected the importance of how things felt in the company including the people who were not impacted mm-hmm. right so you right you have kind of multiple audiences that you are responsible to in that setting First and foremost, the people that you're telling them that they no longer have a job. And mm-hmm. then doing that multiple times in a day was, you know, it's nerve wracking and sad and difficult and all that stuff. And so we what we did was we uh, timed it for a day that we had all hands and made sure that we minimize the amount of time between the announcement of the decision and everyone being able to get together and see each other and ask questions directly. So that's why we notified people about half an hour before all hands. Mm -hmm. And what we did was we brought all the team leads and we got the team leads on a call and we said, okay, this is not going to be a normal all hands day. And what is about to happen is we are about to notify uh, the team that this is happening and what we need you to do as the team leads is as soon as you see jordan's message go out to notify people that this is happening uh myself and the other people in leadership are going to dm the people who are impacted and you as the team leads are going to reach out to your teams of the the people who are not impacted Mm -hmm. and here are messages that you know, we basically pre-wrote these messages and said, okay, here's the general direction. You make it your own. And then we notified people. We got in touch with the people who were impacted. And then half an hour later, we had all hands, in which case it wasn't a normal all hands. It was basically me with the deck and saying what just happened, why it happened, what's next. Yeah. I, I would, I'd imagine that that whole announcement and rollout of
1: messages is like, it's a it's a dual challenge, right? It's like, You've got to tell the, the people who are impacted, and that's an insanely hard to do, especially when it's a group of them. But it's also like, you got to you got to keep the the team that remains to like still buy into the vision and like like Absolutely. security and like like you know don't get freaked. Yeah.
0: out. <laughs> that's right. And part of what they're watching is how you treat the people that are impacted. Yeah and how compassionate you are with them because these are your colleagues and friends. So it 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 really is a, you know, it's a complicated, delicate thing. Uh, I'm curious to know, I want to
1: backtrack a little bit. All right, so sure. like, I don't know, can you take us through any sort of timeline like going backwards to when you decided that this is even just a possibility that might happen? Like sure. what, what triggered that? And then like, what was your process for tr- just you Coming to like, okay, it's time for
0: action. So the when we start we started talking about this, what I said was we shifted resources. And that is an honest way to put it because what we're doing now is hiring salespeople. So it's not that we're cutting back on burn, period. It's that we are ready to hire go-to-market people and what we need in order to make 2024 successful is we need a strong go-to-market push. And I was not willing to increase the burn in order to do that. I kind of demanded out of us and out of our, you know, financials that the burn stay pretty much the same or go down a little bit. And we also invest in go-to-market. And in order to do that, there, you know, there's only, only two levers: revenue and expenses. That's it. Mm-hmm. We have done a good job on revenue, it has grown pretty well uh, this year. And we just signed a few deals this month. So which was kind of like the ideal thing to happen after uh, after the shift. Um, but it wasn't cutting into burn the way I wanted it to. And so we we did have expenses to cut. So revenue went up, but we still needed expenses to come down. It's good that revenue made up for some of the potential, you know, in, instead of expenses. Um, but I was not willing, I it felt undisciplined and a bit irresponsible to just add the expenses on top of what we were what we were burning in order to go to market the way we want uh, and so we made the decision to to do both to to cut and hire uh, and so that was that was a very transparent explanation by me because I just didn't want I just wanted everyone to get a very clear idea of what the thinking was and what the strategy and, what was the, and like what's the most the part, t- people, like
1: What's the time frame? Like, like, okay, like you start to think about 2024. Is it like a week yeah. later? Is it three weeks later that you like deliberate on like what are the what are the different options? And then like this is the the most obvious, yeah. straightforward. It
0: it it coincided with our seasonality. So in the mid market and enterprise where we are currently aimed, there is significant seasonality in e-commerce in the way merchants purchase software. They make their budget decisions in January, February, and they enact on those budget decisions throughout Q2 and a little bit into Q3. And then you start to get into September and October and everything starts to slow down. And so that's where we are right now, right? It is late October and all the deals that we have going, the ones that are closing are closed. And and now there's like a lull between now and Q1, there is a really important timeframe right now between now and the end of the year to get in touch with merchants and SIs and agencies and site assessments and all this stuff that sets up those budget conversations in January. And so the timing is right now to bring on, we just hired a new SDR. She started two weeks ago where we just, right before this podcast, actually, I got the verbal commit for the second account executive that we hired. Um, so we now we have these two AEs coming on board and we need them on board in November so that they can ramp up and get everything in place and learn the product and the company and the team and all that stuff in November, December, so that when January 1 hits, it is hit the ground running, not now you're on board and here's your computer and we burn a month that way because we, we can't burn January because the selling season is like this six months and that's where the growth needs to happen. Yeah. Yeah, man. Got yeah it. so it's all it's like you you just have to stare this thing right in the face and do whether it's hard or not you just have to do the the thing that makes sense for the business
1: i think one That's of the I, yeah i mean it, it makes sense man and and i think it you're right it does sort of like uh it does co- coincide with like the natural timing of uh, of your business you know here in q4 so that makes sense
0: yeah um, and at the same time i'm i'm just like you I look at all these different options, different contingencies, I'm working with banks that want startups and I'm talking to banks about lines of credit and backup plans and talking to investors and saying, what do you need to see in order to, you know, what milestones do we need to hit? So all of this is like 12 or so months out. And the only responsible thing is to take action now. One make the, the th- shift. Decide yeah, like, how aggressive you want to be. Yeah. So it's, it's, it is a strange thing because there's like a risk acknowledgement. And at the same time, we are hiring AEs that make a lot more money than I do. (laughs)
1: Yeah. You know, by with, with this move, I I know that you're, that you're investing in go to market and, you know, bringing on AEs, but like, yeah, what, what is actually lost with, with the team that, that, that's going like, like capacity Capacity. and like, like, are are there things, are you thinking about like, what kind of things are you going to have to cut back on or go
0: slower on because of this? There will come a moment of, of real tension. And, and it's not here yet, but I know it's coming in the future. So right now, we we've done a great job on the product. We built the integrations for Salesforce, Commerce, Cloud, Commerce Tools, and Magento. So now we are in those environments. Our our app is now in the Salesforce App Exchange. We're in the Magento Extension Store. Like both of those platforms have taken, like we got to where we needed to be. Now the product is in a good place. It's processing, you know, now millions a month. And when a new merchant comes in, we have the capacity to build stuff for them. Uh, That impacts our roadmap overall and our speed there. So we have a few months now and like this code freeze time to do a bunch of stuff. And the moment of tension is going to be when these AEs hit their stride, and they bring in two, three deals a month, and all of a sudden we don't have the capacity to service, then we'll have to seesaw back, but it'll be at a lot lower risk because we know where the revenue is coming from. Mm-hmm. So that is like, that's just the reality. I just was not willing to just, you know, shut my eyes and say, oh, hopefully it works out. I just w- wasn't willing to do that. Yeah. Yep. Yeah. It's, yeah, it's I mean, been like- really interesting process with with the ae hiring so we hired a recruiter which means oh, yeah. it's it's really expensive mm-hmm. uh but as soon as we did that the quality of candidates just went through the roof because before that we were capturing the interest of people who didn't have jobs and Only the recruiter question. goes yeah. out and touches people who currently have jobs right yep. now at exactly the companies that we want them to have jobs and pulls them into our process
1: yeah that makes sense
0: yep so that has been fascinating. And what I've, what I've concluded is that as complex as the business is with all these different things going on between people and systems and software, right now, my job is really straightforward. Can our business hire an account executive that makes a few hundred thousand bucks a year? And can that account executive add a million in ARR to the business? That's it. <laughs> if you can do that, we can go out and raise more money and then hire 10 more salespeople. So it has been complex, but I'm trying to keep it real simple. That's really what it comes down to. That's it. That's it. Yeah. Yeah, man. It's so helpful to think in those terms, you know,
1: and that's how I think too about in in different, we have much super different operations and people involved, but like, I'm at a point where it's like, this business is probably not going to, you know, I'd say there's a i don't know i don't know what percentage chance of of it but it's it's this business is not going to get to a point that it can that it can pay for my salary in the in the near term it can pay for this the team that i have and i want it to but it's you know uh but it's it's like it's a question of like what what does it take for this business to, to keep going but the you know on the on the where 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 your team is is going to feel that tension and and the seesawing back as, as you get into next year like I'm thinking about like how am I actually going to make the moves that I'm planning on making make those work and more for like me like my time know yeah. allocating my time and and focus because I I do have you know a couple developers working on the product I do have uh, a couple of uh, assistants who work on marketing projects with me. So I do like delegate. I I I work a lot on those projects, and I manage all these projects. But I end up delegating a lot of the work to them. Um, but I'm still like I I still today I I still feel like always always like underwater on all the projects that I have to manage and and put and give my input into. I mean it's it's kind of insane when I list them out. Like I listed a, a few on my notes for this episode, but like there's even more that I haven't even listed here, but like I've got a, a major feature, Clarity Flow Commerce, which is like more than 50% shipped uh, or ready to ship. Um, we've got other product work that that's also happening. I'm I'm currently overhauling our uh, self-serve demos and onboarding process. That's a lot of product and video recording work that I'm doing literally today. Then we, I'm doing cold email outreach uh, and i've got assistants working on that building lists i've got tools that i need to work and and get going I, i've got programmatic seo which is like a whole new overhaul in our process for for running uh you know organic traffic um interviewing coaches i mean it's and that's not even all of it <laughs> like there, there's more shit, and, and it's like i don't know how if like i'm still trying to figure I, I have ideas for what i want to do in 2024 in terms of like you know that the, the profitable business and then keeping to, to run clarity flow but I'm, I still have not fi- yet figured out like how am I going to manage my time effectively huh. and how are we gonna get to a point where where we can work more efficiently and more slowly and 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 let these projects drag out longer on clarity flow you know when when I remove the urgency of like trying to hit a runway um yeah uh you'll probably end up doing less and like I, I, it's, it's just like no no right ends things. yeah no ifs ends are, are about it. It's just we're gonna have to be able to work slowly, more slowly, and and deliver things more. And also like um, there are some st- like I still want to do most things that we were planning on doing in terms of the features we're building, even in terms of the the marketing investments that we're doing. I want all that stuff to continue, and I think it can, especially since most of that is delegated to team members. Um, but one of the things that I had been uh, getting more into is doing a lot of sales demos. I'm still doing a lot of sales demos like mm-hmm. we, we are getting organic sales demo requests through the website. I get a bunch of them on just plop onto my calendar every single week. I'm the only salesperson. Um, and my and original
0: you want to keep that up or you want to automate or that's gonna be one chance and
1: I'm actually automating yeah. that now. I'm starting to do that in the next two or three weeks. Where well, I'm recording it today. It could be done by next week. But the I'm moving to a recorded demo, and I wasn't going to do this, but now that this new directional change is happening, this is one of the first things. And and frankly, one as as I'm getting into this, I think I should have been doing this because like I've been doing a lot of sales demos now. They're starting to become very very repetitive in terms of like okay, you're well, not learning new things on every call and not. Le- I I did have a lot of really good learnings in terms of like questions asked about the product, feature requests, and that did make it into our product roadmap. It's making the product better. But I am finding that like, actually by me delivering these sales demos live one-to-one, it's not as effective as a, a recorded rollout of like, here's here's everything you need to understand in, in an order that I wanna lay it out, in an optimally recorded uh, sequence. You know, because when I'm giving it live, I sort of follow that sequence, but then they'll interject with these questions, and then they, yeah. and then we throw, yeah. and then we go off in a different tangent, and then we do it out of order, and then it's a little bit confusing, you know. Um, so, I'm I just th- 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 this morning I recorded uh, about six different like pieces of the demo in different ch- like four or five minute chunks that they're going to be able to navigate through a list of videos, and they can go sort of go in order, or they can skip around to what they want. Um, and it's going to give them a link to be able to ask questions asynchronously using Clarity Flow. So then we can get into a little bit of like dog fooding the product, and and that immediately once I launch this, that immediately removes the need for me to have like an extra three to five random phone calls just showing up on my calendar.
0: Yeah, right. I mean, yeah. this is my hope. My hope is that you are. It's. Do you remember Tim Ferriss's Right for work Workweek book? Sure. If you remember. He made his business successful and then lost it because he couldn't keep up with the stress. And then when he was forced to become more efficient, he realized, oh, man, I was the bottleneck for half this stuff anyway. And it's yeah. working just fine with them. That's that's my my hope that you're – because you're forced to give it less time, that you do the 80-20 thing and that – That's how I'm thinking you know, about it. You don't it, really man. have much
1: repercussions negatively. You know, that that is how I'm thinking about it. So, like that – so, on the sales front, like – yeah, like let's just have a really great self-serve sales process. And that's not that hard to do. It's just having really well-done videos with a, an option to ask questions where I can still engage. It and frankly async I, I used to do all the sales asynchronously on the early years of of ZipMessage before it was ClarityFlow and those actually went really well because people are using the tool to ask questions and getting my responses and it worked pretty well. So, um, so that, that's that's number one. On the product side, we're finishing up Clarity Flow Commerce, which is like the last, like the final big yeah, piece big of our of our huge roadmap this year. And I think that after we ship that, the roadmap is gonna naturally calm down a little bit um, to, to a point where uh, I can probably have like one or two developers at all times just always working on improvements and, and bug fixes on the product. Um, but I'm also talking to my team there about trying to hire someone who's, who's much more like front end focused and can do a lot of the, the stuff that I'm usually tasked with doing, which is like finishing up the interfaces and cleaning it up and making sure that it looks good and it's ready to ship. Um, I'm sure I'm, I'll, I'll still do some of that work. I'll, I'll still have to put in, you know, days per week as we go forward on, on Clarity Flow. I'm not completely exiting the business. But I have to get it to a point where the product team can build and get these features like as close to ship ready with as few of my hours being required on every single thing. Um, so I'm trying to find ways to be more efficient there
0: too. Yeah, we're gonna we're gonna root for you as you just kind of slowly make this thing efficient and make it work. Yeah, yeah and I, I I'm still very hopeful on the the commerce front and and seeing what what that does when you start to market that feature
1: yeah man i'm i'm already getting a lot of uh because we we basically advertise it on the on our homepage even though we don't have yeah, it yet, rightfully so, so i already i already get a lot of like questions and requests about it uh and i've been having some really good conversations so pretty excited about it cool good.
0: all right man oh, well man. we are we, back we on track. a lot we did cover a <laughs> lot um I'm gonna pick up my daughter from I don't know, I think it's sewing class today. I'm not sure which but uh, we've got
1: some some Halloween parties going on this weekend and uh
0: getting all geared up for that. Yeah. Then, it begins. It begins, yeah. Next week I'm gonna do Austin. the trick and treating. Oh, I'm nice. psyched to go to Austin for for I think it's just a day and a half or so, but I'm psyched. Very cool. All right, dude. Thanks for listening, everyone. all right, later, bro. See ya.